Hello and welcome back to She's In Focus, the podcast dedicated to inspiring and empowering female filmmakers and video creators from all walks of life and on every step of their creative journey. I'm your host, Kel Grant, an aspiring filmmaker from New Jersey who's just trying to turn my passion into something more and connect with amazing women who have the same passion for video. One of those being my friend Alexa Russell, a local New Jersey videographer and drone pilot who studied in the same media production program that I did in college. We had the opportunity of working closely in our classes. So I'm so excited to have her on today. Lexi, thanks so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of um, course. It's so weird even just being, you know, not in the same room with you doing this, <laughs> but of course it's a sign of the times and being that you are like so high tech in this industry, of course, you know, you figured out your way to get me on here without me being in person. So kudos to you. That's awesome. Yes. Regretfully, I'm not taking a trip down to the shore, though. So there's that. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> no, this is great. I'm so excited to be on. Awesome. We're excited to have you. We're like, if there's more than one of us. <laughs> I'm excited to have you. The audience is excited the to audience. have you. We're all here. <laughs> the whole production crew behind yes. you right now. <laughs> <laughs> rolling, rolling. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. Um, all right. So let's I guess start from the beginning. Did you, because we went to Monmouth University together. We both st- studied um, television and radio production in the communication department. But did you know that you wanted to study video production when you got to Monmouth? Or was that like something you chose after you got there? So it's funny. The reason I actually picked Monmouth was because at the time, my senior year of high school, I was always interested in film. I had taken like a few of these like media study courses as electives and we would always like watch movies and write about them. So I always thought it was cool. I was always involved in like the TV classes in high school. Mm. And then I got involved with this, it was called industry film production. It was like a school that they did like extracurricular outside of like high school or anything. And it was in Freehold and they actually moved their classes to the Monmouth campus. So after being there like senior year, I would go like once a week for like three hours. I remember running there after like softball practice (laughs) to go onto the Monmouth campus. My dad would drive me up or whatever. And I remember walking around like for our breaks and I was like, wow, like this is a really nice school. And then it dawned on me like they have a program here for this, like with the TV and radio concentration. So Mm. after thinking about it a lot, I like mentioned it to my parents and I was like, this might be a program worth my while because it's something that I feel comfortable already on campus and I could just maximize, you know, my interests here. So that was kind of the start of it all, but I've always been interested just in film, in editing, in the production industry since I was young. That's awesome. I think we have an advantage for kind of going into college knowing what concentration we wanted to have, like knowing that we had this interest in video production because um, it's, especially if you're not going to film school, it's hard to find like a quality video production program. Um, So I think that, you know, us kind of knowing before we got there and and that affecting our choice was really um, helpful and put us at an advantage over over some other students who maybe kind of thought about uh, TV and radio as an afterthought. So interestingly enough, sorry, Lex, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just commenting. I like completely agree with you because it just makes me think when I was going back to deciding on a school, I was looking into like film schools. And then I kind of was like, "Ah, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into just one major. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, I wanted to get an experience in kind of all media related aspects. So yeah, absolutely. I think we did have an advantage there knowing what what industry at least we wanted to go for. Yeah, definitely. And at Monmouth, you know, we were able to study social media and different forms of video. Like we took some, you know, film classes with, uh, with Ferg and uh, Matt Lawrence and, you know, as well as video editing, um, lighting classes. So there was um, a wide variety for, um, for a school, which was nice because I think in film school, you kind of have to like pick a concentration, if you will, like if you're going for a narrative type film or if you're going for like commercial and this and that so I think that we had the advantage of kind of gaining a wide variety of skills um, instead of having to pick just one singular thing because I remember going um, 
participating in, in Hawk TV, which was the television station that we had at our university and being in front of the camera, but also being a camera op and being um, a director and, and producer and kind of wearing all these different hats and really getting to hone in on what I wanted to do. Um, it yeah. was it was interesting, though, because I left college not wanting to to work at a television station. I don't know if you had the same feeling because a lot of our classes were tailored towards like broadcast television. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. I was just having this conversation and I couldn't agree more and it's not a knock on mom. It's program. It's more, I think that they allowed us to kind of find our way with what we wanted to do. And I thought I wanted to do that. And then I ended up, you know, having a chance to do other things like um, the radio station, WMCX, had a show on there. I thought that was great. Ended up doing my practicum there. And it was funny because I always envisioned myself, you know, just working on the news station there. And it was more or less like I tried it and I liked it, but I liked other things more. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's funny because you think you're going to do something. And I guess that's part of college. You really, you know, think you're going to do something, work here, and then everything changes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we did set ourselves up well, though, by getting a degree in communication uh, without with having these skills and like the concentration in television and radio production, um, because I found that compared to a lot of my friends who, you know, have film degrees, it's a lot easier to get, you know, to go that corporate America route, should you want to do that or work at you know right. various stations and other stuff with the, kind of a broader degree in communication, right. which was great. Yeah. And it's kind of the same idea of you know, if you go to school for something all your life and you think that's what you want to do and then your eyes open, communication in a sense gave us that option to see those things while we're going through it and getting our degree rather than us focusing on just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then figuring it out after the fact, right? Yeah, after the fact, realizing (laughs) it'd be like, oh man, I should have tried something else because this, I like that more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's funny. So, when I think the options that were kind of laid out for us in college were geared towards, you know, either working on like major motion pictures or working for a news station or something like that. But what really wasn't like an option that was, I guess, popular or widely discussed was that route of like freelance video production or opening your own production company and and going that route. Um, But that is where I ended up taking my, my skills and my knowledge that I learned at Monmouth you know, I went that route. And I think that you did a similar thing. You know, you have your your freelance video services that you you offer now. And you I think you work for um, what is it a housing company now? It's it's a real estate company that does it's all right, let me take that back. It's hard to explain, but it's really not at the same time. So we're a company, it's hard to explain because we're, we're very unique type of company. So real estate agencies, They um, outsource us and we do all of their photography and their virtual tours. So instead of us just being like independent contractors, we are a company who does the whole package. So that way real estate agents come to us and they say, I have a listing here and they actually could partner with us. So it's the whole idea is really unique and it's dynamic because it plays on, especially now with the market, the way it is, everyone's selling their house. So these real estate agents are coming to us and they're saying, you know, we want to partner with you guys. We want you to do all of our photography. We offer virtual tours, drone aerial videos, um, the whole nine. So we do a a bunch of different packages that are catered to real estate agents. So it's, it's really unique and it's really cool, especially right now. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting niche to be in too. Did you ever think that, you know, with the skill sets that we gained at Monmouth and like the career paths that were kind of laid out for us, did you ever think that you'd be working in that specific industry? It's funny because I never, honestly, I didn't know where, what industry specifically I wanted to go in. I mean, of course, everyone wants to work on Hollywood and work, Mm. you know, in a movie set, but it's kind of like you have to take a few steps to get there first. And with the real estate thing, I always look towards that as something I would do maybe on the side, but then, you know, money talks. So it's like knowing that you could make it a job and work for a company that's specific, specifically does only real estate. It really allows you to grow and to learn a whole new market where yeah. it's to the point where I'm like, Hey, maybe I'll be a real estate agent one day. Like it really <laughs> opens your eyes and it, it allows you to adapt to many things. It's almost like it's kind of better to experience individual type of, 
um, I guess, niche markets. And you could kind of really specialize in it instead of just being broad because then you end up learning a lot about one market. And then, you know, if you want to take things to the next level and, you know, go to the next market or the next industry there, at least you could say you tried it and you succeeded with it and you learned everything you could with it. So that's where I'm at right now. You know, I'm learning so much about just things I would never learn in any other market with house selling and the background of what real estate really means, just aside even from all of the technology we have to offer all of like the cameras we do. Like I'm learning so much with that, but I'm also learning just so much. It's, it's a, it's a really awesome job. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you, Lex. That's so great. Thank you. It's interesting. Um, Cause I think the skills that you're going to learn there and you're picking up now, you know, you're going to take what you learn there and apply it to any other you know, market or, or industry that you, you go into. So I think it's really, really invaluable experience for you. Right. Definitely. Um, so take, all right. So I, I skipped ahead a little bit. Take me back. How did you, you know, go from, you know, you graduated college and now you're at the position you are now. What was the journey in between the two? Like how did, you know, mom, it set you up for this. Yeah. So, so from Mammoth, you know, we talked about getting involved in all of the different things they had to offer, whether it was radio, their their newspaper, there were so many things media related that you could get involved with. So I tried to take advantage of that. I mostly was focused on the radio station. I just, I thought that was so much fun. And I actually envy you to be in this position right now because I would <laughs> love having people like on my show and having like a script and questions to ask. And I just, I love playing music. That was just the best part. <laughs> Anyways, if I if I could have my own radio show, that would be great. But podcasts are awesome and they're so up and coming. So I commend you for that. Um, but the journey that took place after graduation, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I still was applying. My dad has a business, so I was working for him in the summers. Then I was trying doing freelance a lot. I was doing a lot of freelance work, working for um, this gentleman who puts together Jersey Shore Restaurant Week. So I was doing videos for him on the side. That was keeping me busy. Um, and then come the summer after we graduated, I started working in the real estate industry. I was working for a realtor locally. And then the work that I was doing, it wasn't really catered to, to anything that I wanted. I saw myself being in long term. So mm -hmm. I saw the opportunity rise with Homadi, which is the company that I'm working at now. So I think having a little bit of experience with the real estate industry allowed me to get something that was more suitable for me, which had the cameras and had the editing come with it. So yeah. it, was, it was great because talking to my current boss, he was asking me all questions and he was like, oh, see, I could tell you know what the real estate background is at least a little bit. And then you could kind of grow from there. So I was able to then really hone in on like what my passion was, which was going out there, taking pictures, editing, and still being like a people person and understanding the different relationships that the real estate agents have and the clients have and how you can make them happy. You know, I think at the end of the day, that's what Mammoth really taught us was how you could apply those skills into basically any industry. Mm. Uh, and as long as, you know, you see a future there and as long as you have your passion still aligned with that, you're still adaptable in a sense. Yeah, I think the the intersection of creativity and business is something that was kind of like hammered into us as well. Like finding opportunities, like you said, to still, you know, participate in your craft and hone your skills while also learning about an industry and understanding like the communication side and the business side of it too. So I think uh, that's a really awesome experience. So tell me about the, the restaurant gig that you had, because yeah, that sounds yeah. like that was right out of college. So you, you know, you very much took what you learned in those classes and applied it mm -hmm. directly to this position. I'm assuming, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so this is actually something you would love to do. Next the next time I get a video, I'll call you up if you want to join me on a video. Yes, hell yes. You get to, you get to try the food because usually what? the chefs, they're <laughs> making food for you just so that you could take pictures of it. Yeah, so many of the times I walk in the kitchen and they're like, oh, here, like you're, no one's going to eat this. Like we made it so that you could record it. But it was great because I, I feel like I had complete creative freedom there. Um, I actually did it senior year and then into we had so many restaurants to do so my boss my freelance boss he like lined up a bunch and of course with people's schedules things get pushed back so it was kind of just this 
inevitable like timeline of restaurants to do. So right. I was doing that like second semester of senior year into after graduation. So it kept me busy. Um, not that it was super consistent, but there was always like something to look forward to. And the best part of it is, so the layout of what he envisioned was basically showing off the restaurant. So let's say Jack's, you know, Jack's from Mama. Yeah. So let's, let's use them as an example. He would say, let's show off their food, what they have to offer. So I want videos or pictures, however you want it. So of course I jumped on, you know, videos. Cause of I course. feel like it just, yeah, it works better. Yeah. So we did some like really cool things and you know, the more you do it, it just like really flowed. I would try to do like different things every time and and the chefs depending on their personalities would be awesome like with flipping things and the fire so you really I got to learn a lot about even just focusing my camera and the in and outs of my camera and it's not until you're really put on the spot I think in those moments that you learn so much and you're like oh man I messed this up so I need to try something new Um, yeah and then then once we did that his the second half of the video was an interview so that alone was more like you know, you're sitting behind the camera and this isn't just like a class where if you mess up or if you're not recording audio, you could just be like, oh, wait, hold on a second. Like you you needed to nail everything. So for that, we had the first half and then I would put it together with the second half and try to keep it under like about three minutes long. Um, and then with the interview, it would always be a little bit longer. So I always, I always told my freelance boss too, because he was always interested in like talking to the chefs, with, which I thought was the coolest part because he would ask them questions um, behind the scenes. And then it kind of gives a little bit of a character to the restaurant instead of just going on their website and seeing what they have. Like, it's cool. You get to kind of sit down with the chef. Right. But I talked to him recently and he said, I think now um, we should probably moving forward with the videos, just do the first half because the second half, like you're not no one's going to sit around that long. And for like a 10 minute interview, he's saying like, you know, the idea is great, but the amount your the time span that you have for anybody checking out. So it's, it's kind of, I guess what I'm getting out is like everything that we did was very trial and error and like on a basis to basis kind of count because you can't take one thing and apply it to all. There's like in the film industry, it's like, there's no one size fits all. You kind of have to play around with everything and, try new things and allow your creative freedom to kind of take over when it needs to. That sounds like the perfect gig, if we're being honest, like for someone coming right out of college, getting to practice both like cinematic sequences with with like food and and, and you're right, it's going to be different every time you do it. But then also getting to, to hone in on those like practical interview skills too. not only like doing the interviews possibly and conducting them, but just like setting up your shot and like miking up the talent and like right, all these and right. light three point lighting, all of that. Oh my gosh, I know it was all of that. We had to just trial and error, trial and error. But it was really cool. It was a great experience. And there's actually a few more videos I think he wants me to do coming up on the side or just to to see what we could do. So I'm like excited. It's like every chance I get to even just hold my camera, bring it into the back of the kitchen and see what, you know, the chefs have for me that night. Just, you know, the fun <laughs> ambiance of it. It's great. It really is so much fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's the thing. If you can have fun doing it too, that's that's like yeah. the, the perfect uh the perfect concoction it there. It really it really is. Yeah. That's so funny. So how, tell me what your first video like at this restaurant was like because my thing is I know I have the technical skills to be able to do it but Mm -hmm. I am so nervous and I think I hold myself back from actually like approaching a business and saying like hey can I can I do this video for you because I'm so like you were saying before you only have one shot to nail it with with when you're in the real world when you're with real clients and for me like I can't get over that fear yet because I feel like I haven't I don't have the portfolio yet to mm-hmm. back it up, to be able to, to, and, and that's really the thing. Like, I don't have the you reps. You do, in. you do. You're just being <laughs> humble. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I just, I feel like I don't have like the professional reps in because I worked with production services at mom at the university, which was our in-house production company. Um, and I learned a lot of skills there, but I wasn't operating as a one woman show. Whereas, you know, out in the freelance world, you are doing sound, you are doing lighting, you're behind Mm -hmm. the camera, you're in front of the camera, you're interviewing, you're doing all these things. And I think that pressure for me at the moment is just, it's just too much. And I I really want to get there, which is uh, 
why you know i would totally love to do, do one of these restaurant videos with you because pairing up yeah, with somebody i'm fine great. i'm especially great. with the interview i think interviews definitely need a two-man show it's it's hard to do with a one person thing but ours was low budget it was casual it was kind of just what he needed but i agree with you i think um those definitely a lot of these things it's so much pressure especially mm. coming out of college like how, you know am i fit for this but luckily this proposition uh kind of came to me a, a girl in a and what class was it i don't even remember it was like a random class and i was friendly with her she approached me and she said my intern it was her boss i think at the time the guy who i was doing freelance for he's looking for somebody to do videos and she's like you were the first person i thought of and i was like oh i was like i'm flattered like thank wow. you i said I, I mean i love doing it it's more of a hobby right now and i post like little short things on instagram and she's like we'll talk to him so we went out to eat and i met the guy who i worked for for freelance and he had explained to me what he wanted and i was like yeah absolutely so let's try it out we tried it out and then we just from there just kind of went on a roll you know it was, wow. it was great yeah that's like the the ideal situation like the opportunity comes to you you sometimes make a good first I'm not impression kidding. sometimes it has to right like in this day and age like why not crazy things happen they don't always have to be bad things they could be good things too sometimes it, my new motto actually my boss told me this in the couple weeks ago he's like sometimes you just have to allow opportunities to show themselves and i was like that's great advice because you know you put all this pressure on trying to fix everything and always have a plan but nothing ever at the end of the day nothing's gonna go as planned ever you know yeah. all the time at least you know you could try to control certain things but it, you know half the time it won't work out so you just have to always you know be willing to look at the positive or you know the next thing here get something out of it yeah, especially in production. It's not like if it'll go wrong, it's when it'll go wrong. Exactly. It's yeah, it's <laughs> the inevitable for sure. So that's that's so cool though. Um so that's kind of how you built your portfolio of professional work, but were you tell me about like your personal projects? Are you doing like passion projects and experimenting on the side like with your own content that's not for clients? You know what? I haven't recently had a chance to, and I've been kicking myself because I, I hear a song and I'm like, this would be a great song to either do just a little fun video to or whatever, or like make a cool edit with the drone or, you know, just something independent just to show off. And I haven't had a chance to do it in so long. I can't remember the last time. Um, I don't know if it's just lack of inspiration lately. I, I don't know. Mm. I know it's not blaming it on the year, but I think too, it's, it's just something else to think about, but yeah, no excuses, no excuses. No, I, I think it's just more, <laughs> yeah, I, I just haven't had that boost of inspiration lately, but I, I really would like to. I'm with you. I feel like, you know, if it's for a client, I'm on it a hundred percent. It's done. Consider it done. But for my own personal projects, I find myself like really having to convince myself like, okay, this is worth your time. This is like, even if you're not getting paid for it, this will be like a good, a good use of your time. Even if it's, you know, something you've done a million times, it's, it doesn't have to always like enhance your skills. Like it can be just something that you do for fun. And that's like finding that balance of working on, you know, personal projects and also working on client projects, I think is something we all have to kind of figure out as freelancers. Yeah, I think it kind of gets you through that writer's block, you know? Yeah. The creative block. Um, have you been doing anything with client relations as far as any work lately? Yeah, so I actually, um, because I just launched my production company in February, um, I made it official. I'm an LLC, our best films. Here we are. I don't know if you wow. remember my my obsession with zebras uh, in, in I don't, college. But, but maybe I maybe I would. Yeah, yeah maybe I would. That's funny. You could tell if, if awesome. you didn't get the memo. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that looks awesome. Good for thanks, you. Thanks. Thanks. So yeah, the the it's Arbes Films um, LLC, and I I wasn't gonna. This was like an end of year goal for me, but then I realized like it is so easy. To register as a business at least in the state of new jersey it's is like it an really? online form and and a check you send in this is crazy you said i'm not kidding i think the universe like made sure that this was going to come as a topic because i've been thinking about this and just putting it on the back burner for so long now so <laughs> hearing those words come out of your mouth it's like 
I need to do this. Yeah, you have to go for it. Honestly, like this was something that I was going to like work up to for the whole year, do all this. And then I was like, I'm making this like this. I'm taking it way too seriously. Like you just fill out a form. I opened up a I I feel so legit saying this. I opened up a business bank account and a business credit card. Like your girls, your girls doing it. (laughs) You're a business owner. That's great. That's like, that's so crazy to think about. Thank you so much. But hey, you're getting the ball rolling, right? Yeah. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Doing big things. I'm, tr- I'm trying out here, Lex. Thank no, you so much. No, that's awesome. That's really impressive. Well, I'm definitely uh, getting the info on how to do this after this. Podcast. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we'll sync up for sure. Um, but with clients, so I, ha- I was doing freelancing. Um, so I did have a consistent client that I guess I was on the kind of like retainer with um, that was a uh, a digital marketing agency in, in, in Jersey. And I was just doing um, some internal video stuff for them. Um, and then I actually ended up like you were saying like the universe like timing it all just happens when it's supposed to Mm -hmm. because um uh, another fellow female filmmaker um danielle hope diamond what an awesome name right danielle hope diamond that's a famous name exactly yeah she's going places (laughs) um so she ended up passing me one of her clients that she could no longer take on because she's moving on to you know bigger and better things for her business and you know all it took was her recommendation of, of of my work and my abilities and I got the gig and so wow, you know that? that's great it was and that that same week uh, my old boss from a, a piercing and tattoo shop I used to work at in high school you know has has seen my work online like just my personal projects and YouTube videos and things like that and was like hey can you do a shop tour for us and I was like you know what yes I can because I'm a business owner so and you can be my client <laughs> you're like as a matter of fact i just got the llc (laughs) exactly Uh, and what a cool atmosphere too like the creative freedom that comes with that right like you know you get his vision and then you kind of get to play around with it that's really cool yeah 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 yeah. it's awesome and then um it's interesting so i am actually still i don't know if you remember this i'm in corporate america like i work at Commvault. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a content operations specialist for Metallic, which is the they're like Convault's like the parent company of of Metallic. So I'm in the tech space and I'm in marketing specifically. Okay. Um so it's been really nice being able to have that like stable kind of income number 1 and also yeah. just that stable job of like okay, 9 to 5 every day. Having that schedule and that stability for me really allowed me to take my my production company business and tailor it to what I wanted it to be. You know, I didn't have to take on certain projects just because I needed to pay the bills. I already have something taken care of that. This gives me the opportunity to really pick and choose projects and determine what is the best use of my time and how and like choose projects that will enhance the skills that I want to enhance. That's so smart. That's the best mindset. And I feel like nine times out of 10, you hear stories like this where people then go on to tell their success story because they used to work a nine to five. They realized it was stable. It's exactly what you just said. It's textbook for they realized they wanted to do something more, but they needed to also pay the bills. They weren't mm-hmm. naive you know, to think that, oh, they could just chase their dreams without have some, having something to back it up. But also, I've been like this too, or especially in internships, and I'm sure you could probably relate even working in your corporate America job, that when you're there, it's like the time you spend doing that, do you ever think in the back of your head, like, this just makes me want to do what I want to do so much more? (laughs) Like when you're sitting there, you're like, here I am, you know, writing up a paper, like I remember at my internship, and I was like, oh man, like, you know, it was great experience, but I just, this all the more makes me want to be like my own business owner you know, the, the, the boss. Yeah. I think ordinarily it would make me think that, but girl, I work from home. That's true. I, uh, you know, and I'm not, (laughs) I'm not trying to incriminate myself here, but, uh, you know, it's like, you have a lot more flexibility when you work from home. That's it. I'm calling the boss. I'm telling them you're doing other things. They're going to flag this podcast when we get fired. Yeah. (laughs) It'd be terrible. Uh, But it would really push me into this whole production company thing. Yeah, no, that's even better. I mean, working from home, it's got to be one of the best things that came out of COVID, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I found that um, 
I was always kind of, uh, I don't know. I feel like I had a love-hate relationship with Mammoth. Just going back that back to that real quick, because um, I felt like I I came out of college and I saw the type of filmmakers that were out there, like famous YouTubers, like you know the type of stuff, cinematic content that Peter McKinnon and um, you know Peter. Lizzie Pierce and uh, who else was I thinking of? Parker Wallback. All of the the content that they were making, I was like, well, I went to school for video production. Why can't I make something like that? And it's because the skills that, this is my theory at least, the skills that we were learning were setting us up for studio production and things mm-hmm. of that nature. We had a good foundation. We learned the basics. But, you know, I wasn't taking out a DSLR every weekend and shooting, you know, passion projects or, or stuff for class or anything like that. So when I got into like the real world, I was like, oh, I can't afford a $50,000 studio camera and a switchboard and all this stuff plus I don't want to do studio production I was like so how can I can I be a filmmaker without going into that realm so I I found the you know kind of the avenue of of freelance videography and going that route and like okay so I have my own camera now and I have to get some gear and kind of operating as a one-woman show Um, but I found that because I, I felt that knowledge gap I had to find ways to improve my skills on my own and one of the ways that I did that was by joining a, um, a filmmaking course called Full-Time Filmmaker. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it um, cost a pretty penny. And it's, oh boy. <laughs> an, it's an online program, but it teaches like cinematic, like new age filmmaking. So commercial filmmaking, real estate filmmaking, wedding f- videography, mm. like really cool stuff like that. Um, so I felt like that's how I kind of bridged the gap that I was trying to learn because I didn't even before taking that course like I could buy the the Panasonic GH5 that I had but that didn't automatically help me know how to turn it on or know how to you know adjust the the aperture I don't girl I didn't even know what aperture was (laughs) I feel like when I graduated which is saying something I don't know if it's saying something about me or saying something about Mammoth or or what have you but like I didn't understand I knew like I understood theory right and I understood like how to analyze a film that 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 I'm viewing but I didn't know like the technical skills um as far as like actually operating the camera I was lacking in luckily I, w- I had, um, and I don't know if you, you can attest to this, we learned a lot of like editing skills. We had the the opportunity to learn Premiere and learn Avid, whoever the hell uses Avid anymore. Oh, I have a story about that. <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> um, yeah, so learning like those types of programs. So that really set me up. So I felt like I had strengths as an editor, but as far as being a camera operator and someone behind the lens, I didn't had those skills so I had to you know find other ways to improve my skills so did you find um like are you improving your skills in other ways outside of just your job opportunities are you doing any sort of like courses are you kind of just taking your camera out and practicing how are you improving and continuing to level up your skills outside of client work yeah so that's a great question and I do first want to agree with you that I feel like mammoth as much as I love that school I'm a diehard hawk forever Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I do feel like their classes especially within the media production um speaking on film radio a little different but with Mm -hmm. the film I agree it was more studio based and I think theory I think there's a problem and the gap that you were saying when it comes to being like an independent filmmaker or somebody who wants to work on a movie set I think that you know your typical news station you would have no problem you know, getting your practicum done and then kind of working your way up. But when, when you want to find a job or even do freelance, it's more like you have to kind of look for the information on your own. I think the resources, like there are professors there that we've had that I'm sure, you know, like uh, Matt Lawrence, he was great. I think we could definitely utilize the resources there, but it wasn't necessarily like requirements that I wish we could have had. Like I, I would have almost liked if we had just a course on DSLR cameras and how they function and like, you know, different techniques and different, exactly because I feel like the types of things we learned with the cameras was just studio based, mm-hmm. um, at least from my experience. And, you know, I loved every second of that, but it did also make me realize that news studios and, you know, news networks weren't for me. Exactly. It just yeah. was too, it was, I don't know, there was just something about it that it just wasn't not that I didn't love like the 
the action that came with it. I can't really explain it. It was just yeah. too bland in a way. Too bland, not enough creativity. Like it had, it set up the camera just a certain way every time. You could only truck and pan. There wasn't yeah. any like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there wasn't so much to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to your question, I guess the way that I find that I am improving on my skills is, yeah, either, I mean, work right now, I feel like I've pretty much mastered the camera that we use. We use this big I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the Matterport. And it's it's actually really easy to use. It has like mm. nine cameras built into it. Um, and it's like this big box what? thing. And it does these virtual tours. And at first I was overwhelmed, but it's actually super easy to use. You control it on the iPad and it gives like this whole entire draw out of the house. It, it has like radar in it or what wow. is it called? Infrared? Yeah, infrared. So it actually measures out. It's like the craziest camera ever. Um, so once I learned that, I was completely comfortable, but it is something like with the drone that I'm constantly trying to perfect. So even in the workplace, I find myself trying new techniques, you know, panicking that I'm going to crash it, but still pushing oh, yeah. myself. <laughs> and in fact, like the weather lately has been because of the snow and the rain, that's been my biggest thing, trying to like build my confidence with like the wind, mm. the rain and the snow, which we don't usually uh, shoot when it's that bad, but with the wind, high-powered winds, you really have to control it. So that's one thing I'm doing right now to perfect the drone. But with the DSLR, I do wish I had more, I guess, resources or more push to learn that better. Because I know there's so many things in the manual settings that I'm trying to understand and to just conquer. But there's, I feel like that'll probably take me a while. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Because also, you have to think about where we where do we learn these things? If we're not learning them in school, in our classes, we're looking to YouTube, you know, we're looking to YouTube, we're looking to other people who are in the industry doing the things that we want to do and like hopefully being able to mentor them. But especially with the the pandemic, you know, YouTube I've found has been like my main source. Um, and this course I'm taking that like online resources have been the main source of finding avenues to improve my skills for sure. Absolutely. And you brought up Peter McKinnon before, but I feel like I'm constantly, if ever I have a question or with transitions, he is like the go-to guy to look up. Um, he's great. And that's what exactly what I do. I feel like YouTube now, there are so many people that have the same questions that I do or that you do. So you could just channel that and go right to one source. Um, it is frustrating though. I don't know about you, but I get frustrated when there is something that I feel like a lot of filmmakers could do. And I'm like, why is there a disconnect? Like, why don't I already know this? Yeah. Or how do they make it look so easy? You know, like, and they're the ones showing me on YouTube. I'm like, oh, it like drives me crazy sometimes. Right. But then I have to realize, you know, they might have taken a course on this or they could have done it trial and error. Like there's been plenty of times, I'm sure this has happened to you when you're editing and you do the something wrong on there, but it ends up looking really cool. And you're like, all right, maybe I won't use it now, but now I know how to do that. There's just, yeah. you know, Premiere Pro has so many different settings and it's so manual to the point where I used to be like, I wish it was more like Final Cut Pro where you kind of have just the push and play settings. Yeah. But now that, now that you understand um, Premiere Pro, I'm like, okay, it makes sense why it's like this. Cause you could really know, you can't make the same, movie twice like if me and you were editing one thing we would make it look so different because of all the the natural manual settings that they have yeah yeah absolutely it's funny you mentioned uh or you 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 mentioned my mention of peter mckinnon because um yeah he is someone i continually go to as well but i was like i when i was first looking for inspiration online i was like yeah peter mckinnon's great but like where are all the ladies at you know what i mean like where are all these female filmmakers on youtube producing this this content about editing and other things so uh, for me like that's kind of how this this podcast was born trying to be a resource for other young female filmmakers like ourselves who are looking to enhance their skills and want to do it with someone who who they can relate to and someone who looks like them um so a few creators i'll shout out now that i really enjoy um are leela i don't know if you've heard of her i want to say you you might have told me about her when we met up for coffee that one time. I told you about Susie Milano. Oh, okay. That's okay, who okay. I told you about. Okay. I know that only because I was scrolling through our messages and I'd sent you her profile. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So she's um, she's like local, but I'm talking about like on YouTube, 
that are giving out like tutorials and things like that. Leela's a good one. L I L A Leela. Um okay, I'll, Atola, I'll Atola Visuals. Um Kitty from Atola Visuals, she's wonderful. Um Lizzie Pierce, um Becky Peckham of Becky and Chris. I don't know if you've heard of them. But uh mm-hmm. but that's the thing. You definitely like you'd have to seek them out to find them. Right. Um which is uh you know, what I'm hoping that eventually the the industry or will will move towards being more inclusive to women and kind of amplifying those voices on YouTube. But I also hope that women will start to like join the YouTube community because even when I when I do like the search function on YouTube and I'm looking for, you know, anything that mentions female videographer, female filmmaker, I don't I barely even find small accounts. I agree with that. that are doing Completely. These things. You really have to seek it out. It's not it's not up in the top list of people to go to to look up how to use this or how to do this. It's never in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And it's funny to play off of what you just said about just females in the industry. So the house that I was at yesterday, um, interestingly enough, the, the woman, she was a realtor. And then the, the lady that owned the house, they were talking and I was downstairs shooting. So I didn't see the realtor yet. And the realtor said, Oh, is he here yet? Like, not that it's assuming, you know, that it's a male, but then the person who owned the house corrected and said a she. And then I heard the realtor say, oh, I just assumed it was a guy. Of course. And I don't take that personal. It's almost like, wow, like, that's kind of cool because this is a pretty male-dominated industry to be in. Yeah. And after that, and that's not the first time this has happened, especially, like, working um, at Homadi. And, again, I don't take any offense to it. It's more or less like, oh, yeah, no, I am a woman, like, in this industry, like, and everyone kind of thinks, oh, that's cool. It's different. But there's another photographer that we work with, and she's a female. And it was right around, I think, International Women's Day. And I remember her saying, like, this is so cool, like, that you fly drone. She's like, I think you're the only female I know that has, like, their Part 107, like, FAA license yeah. to do this. And I was like, yeah, like, it is cool. Like, I feel like more women, like, should do this. It's it's an interesting type of job, you know, like, don't hold yourself back just because, you know, it's, it's a guy dominated thing. Yeah. Did you ever find that in our classes that you felt like you had to prove your, or even just in freelance work that you felt like you had to prove yourself because you are a woman in a male dominated industry? Um, it's a good question. I feel like I've always had the attitude of I'll let my work do the talking. So if they want to judge me based off of first impressions and that's fine as long as they give me a chance to show the work that I could do then if they still have something to say like oh like I could have done that better then it's like all right well you know clearly you're being biased then but as long as I feel like I've had the opportunity to show my work then I've never had an issue with anything but I could see where I guess there could be you know an instance of like feeling the need to prove yeah, just because I'm a woman, I can do that too. Yeah, I think luckily for me, I had never really felt that way because I was so fortunate to work with Erin Fleming of Production Services. Oh, yeah. You did the documentary with yes, her. Yes, who's just a kick-ass I, I watched woman. that. That was a great documentary. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was an right. awesome experience. And she made it very clear when I first started working with her that like you can do anything a man in this field can do. Like, don't let anybody talk down to you on set. You are here. You deserve to be here. Like, she, um, you know, and she would tell me instances of bias that that she's experienced because she used to work in corporate America, too. Um, And even amongst, like, the staff at the school, like, just, you know, looking at her a certain way because she's, you know, a woman behind the camera and and this and that. And, uh, yeah, she kind of instilled in me that, you know, your, your skills and your confidence will carry you through. You can't really let you know, the fact that you're in a male dominated industry deter you from accomplishing your dreams in this, in this field. So I was very fortunate. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's great advice, especially to hear that in college too. Yeah. I, that's one of my regrets. I wish I didn't get involved with the production services. I think that would have been something suited for me. Yeah. But... Yeah, really. And, um, and that's the thing I, I always thought like that, I mean, that is where, I learned a lot of the that's where I got a lot of the hands-on experience outside of my classes and I think that Mammoth and other institutions that have video production programs I think that's where they need some improvement is to like 
provide opportunities because that's the thing when you're in college like you're not really seeking out opportunities especially if you're apprehensive about your skill set or if you're just learning um, you really do need opportunities to come to you and even in in hawk tv like um, I remember a select group of kids that would um, go out and shoot like spec commercials on their on their free time using the new those, yeah. using the new like red camera that the the school got um, like making those opportunities more widely available for other students um, because that's those are the kinds of films like when they produce they produce they're like a Jeep spec commercial it was Ryan Billy. I forget who, a bunch of a bunch of the Hawk TV guys, Dylan, I think. I remember the crew. Yeah, yeah. I remember the crew that you're talking about. Yeah, yep. and when they produced that, I was like, "Whoa! Like that's nothing. Like we're making in our classes. Like, right? Yeah, right. yeah. And it and looking back at it now, like it wasn't just the fancy camera that they were using. Like they were using some, some, um, some editing techniques and and uh, you know composition and things that we weren't learning so they were actually like getting these skills elsewhere and going out and practicing so that's like one regret I have is that I wish that I did more of those things yeah I'm on board with you I agree I agree but at the same time I guess it pushes you in a way to know now that if you didn't get involved that there's still time you know like we're not running out of time we could still learn something that we we never did I guess in college or and we could still push ourselves and put it on our list now to learn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what? Good. You know what, Lex? You're really coaching me through this. You're like giving me. Some, I feel like <laughs> I'm in therapy. Like I'm. Re- it's very therapeutic for me <laughs> to, you know, put my fears out there. You'd be like, yo, you can. We do could it. do this every that. week. We don't need yeah. to be on the podcast. We could just have our session every week. You <laughs> can tell me signs that I needed and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too funny. Um, so what's a project, um, that you're really proud of that you've worked on? Project that I'm really proud of. Hmm, that's a great question. Um, honestly, this, this is something I think that it's, it's more family to me, more sentimental than even just like showing off my skill sets, but it's, it has to be anytime I make like a, a movie or something or like a photo slideshow and I put like all my effort into getting something like for my family I think that's that's where my kind of proudness I think lies because it's more like sentimental and emotional for me um yeah I love making things and that's kind of where it started out to making movies and doing things like that for my mom my dad and my family I love that yeah and I I can definitely relate because um you know, these, these cool, like commercials or videos for clients, there's an aspect of storytelling to it, but not like in the narrative kind of form that you get when you're working on like a personal family video. Like, I don't know if you saw the video I made for my birthday, for my 24th birthday. And wait, I didn't see that. Uh, did I see that one? The one you made for your sister? Kel, that was so good. That could have been a commercial. I'm not kidding. I think oh about God. it all the time. I think about it all the time. It was so good. So Lex, good. I'm like going to cry. That's amazing. No, I'm not even kidding. I sat through and I, I forget where I was. I put the volume on full blast because as soon as I saw that you posted, I was like, oh, like, what is this? And then I like raised the volume. I couldn't stop. It was great. Oh. It was so impressive. Oh my gosh. See, that just like like nails this point in that like those that's uh, those personal projects like or and I was talking about this on a a previous episode with with Jasmine there's so much more like weight that it holds there's so much more vulnerability that you pour into those personal projects absolutely and it's a way that and then what the thing that Jasmine said was you know what's going to leave an impact on your audience you know is it you know people are going to say oh wow that like shoe commercial she made was really cool but then people like like yourself are going to think about like that video I made for my sister weeks ago yeah. you know that, that you're still thinking about and I think that's um that's really awesome and that's that's the the cool thing about video and something that really attracts me to the the medium is the fact that you have the ability to pull emotions and evoke emotions in people that you can't do in necessarily in other mediums absolutely I think it's just it speaks on like you said it it 
it plays on the audience, you know, and how they react. Like, I love seeing the reactions of the people that mean the most to you and, you know, giving them their spotlight because it's well-deserved. I just, I love that. I think it's, it's so important. You know, the, the other, the other projects, you know, are great too. I, I'm not saying they're not important to me, but I think those just hold a special place in my heart that nothing else could compete with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So bringing it back kind of full circle here, what would you say, you know, to any fil- aspiring filmmaker who's listening to this right now, who is, um, you know, woman or otherwise, but we're, we're talking to the ladies here. It's, it's by women for women on this platform. What would you say to an aspiring female filmmaker um, who's just, just looking to start out? Do, what, do you have any advice for someone in that position? Sure. Um, I would say don't get discouraged or intimidated by the technology that's out there, because I think when you look at what people are producing, you know, top notch things, it could be so intimidating that you're like, I will never get to that point. And it it becomes discouraging. You look at it and you're like, that's never going to be me, you know, but I think there comes a time like you have to start somewhere. So don't be discouraged by that. And look to those things as resources rather than, you know, things that stand in the way from you getting to where you want to be, you know, yeah. keep, keep hustling and, you know, doing the side work. I feel like that's where you're going to learn a lot and finding a good mentor who's going to sit down there and show you, you know, what everything means and how to work things and who somebody who gives you that creative freedom is where you're going to both learn and make mistakes. And that's they're equally important. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say to kind of piggyback off of that, get out of the habit of comparing yourself to others and instead use the work of others as inspiration. I think that was that was the biggest change that I had to make because like you were saying, every every video I saw online, like it would instead of inspiring me, it would discourage me. Like I'm never gonna be that good. I'm never gonna be able to produce that. How do they even create this? Um, and then as my, my knowledge grew in the technical aspect, I learned like, oh, like that's actually not that hard. Like they were able to do this and kind of, you know, using it as as inspiration. There's, um, a series I do on my Instagram. It's called what creatively inspired me today. And I, um, I haven't produced an episode in a little bit because, you know, other things were busy out here, but, uh, yeah. LLC, shout out. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm a business owner now. I'm a little bit too busy to be fucking around on Instagram. No. So, uh, yeah. So I did a, a series about about find, finding daily inspiration. And you can really find it in anything. One of the, like, even creating, like, I know this might look, like, cheesy and tacky to some people. But, like, this is, like, being, this is so silly to say, but like zebras, like make me happy. It's something that I like. So I made sure that yeah, my workspace and the, and the place yeah. I have is surrounded by, by my interests and my passions and the things that, that bring me joy. So just kind of um, making sure you're setting yourself up um, for constant inspiration, whether that's following, you know, other female filmmakers on Instagram or, or finding them on YouTube or, you know, setting up your space in a way that inspires you. I think that is truly the thing that's kept me going, um, despite the fact that I'm in a male-dominated industry or despite the fact that I felt like I had a knowledge gap when I left college. Like, those things can serve as obstacles, but I think, yeah, searching instead of finding others to compare yourself to is, uh, is the advice that. that I would give. That is that is the best advice. It really is because it makes me think I have to stop doing that too because that it really puts a damper on things, you know, and it takes away from your work and what you like to do just because you're looking at other, you know, creative people and like, oh, wow, why can't I be like that? No, it's so true. You were born to do something and, you know, whatever that is, chase that. But it doesn't mean just because somebody does something a different way that yours isn't good. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, um, have you ever read the book Steal Like an Artist? No. I, uh, wow, I, I have it in here. Actually, let me let me pull it out because I need to recommend this to the people. But I have to um, find the author. Let's see. This is in Spanish, but it's, this, it's they have it in English. Um, Austin Cleon. He's the author of Steal Like an Artist. And it basically talks about um, how nothing like no idea is is like brand new or novel like everything comes from 
inspiration from other ideas and it's saying like you can you can um you can admire somebody's work and have it inspire your work and inform your work without like copying it directly and things like that so i think that's that's interesting yeah that's cool it reminds me of when in high school we were learning about shakespeare i remember we learned that there's basically shakespeare has a story about every type of like scenario like whether it's like regarding love or family whatever and how now current movies and themes are just all based off of that it's like yes there's deviations but at the end of the day it's already been something that's out there so you just have to you know put your own spin on it yeah absolutely yeah and that was all just to say that you know search for inspiration and then like use that as fuel to to create create something of your own um which is which is really awesome. So, what's a project that you're working on now, or what do you have coming down the pipeline that we can look out for? Project I have now. Well, this I don't know if it would be something you would want to look out for, but I'm actually doing um, an Easter vigil and Easter church uh, freelance right now. So that's wow. that's my current work. You know, of course, if you're not religious, it's not something that would be suited for you. But I'm doing that right now. I've been in there like every week recording, um, doing, you know, because of COVID, everyone has to do their sessions separately. So I'm putting it all together um, for this church that's near my house. Um, And it's going to be for them to post on their like website for their Easter day and Easter vigil so that nobody, you know, because no one could go inside the church. That's awesome. How did you get that gig? Um, my uncle actually hooked me up with that. He, he goes to the church and they were looking for, you know, how to bridge the gap of, you know, the services and the church still being closed. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. Why not? So we've been doing, I made a Christmas one for them. I do their music every week and now we're putting together the Easter. That's awesome. It's funny. Like you'd never think, I feel, at least when I first got started in, in freelance videography, I never thought like, oh, like a church would need right? video services. Yeah. There's so many things now that you would never think of that it applies to. So it's great. It's great for us because we could, you know, put ourselves in these situations. Yeah. Yeah. We'll never run out of work, in a, especially no, in, a, no. in a pandemic world. You, it, a lot of things are virtual. It's funny. I, uh, I stopped um, doing in-person videography for the majority of the pandemic, I have mostly just stuck to video editing. Um, but it's just interesting to see how even in in times when like a lot of people in corporate America are getting laid off and they're losing their jobs, like people still need video services, people still need video editing. So I think we're in a, we're in a good niche. Yeah, no, completely. It's so much fun. So much fun. It's, you know, never a dull moment. It's not the same routine, you know, day by day. It's good. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy to see, uh, I'm so happy to see that we came from like the same university and we're on different journeys, but they're also paralleling each other in some ways. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Absolutely. And to yeah, have at like, the end of the day, it's yeah. At the end of the day, it's just all create in the name of creativity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That should, that should have been the name of the podcast in the name of creative. <laughs> I love that. No, oh, I like nice. your name. Focused. That's great. Let me tell you, I was like, all right, the Female Filmmakers Collective, the Female Filmmakers Film Club. Like, I was just going back and forth. <laughs> and I, no joke, like, in the middle of the night, I woke up and I was like, oh, it's a podcast focused on women. Like, she's in focus. And then I Googled, right. I was like, have to make sure nobody else has it. Oh, uh, no, and... it's so good. It's so clever. It's great. <laughs> thanks, thanks. All right. So where can the viewers and listeners of this podcast find you? And how can they support you as a filmmaker? Oh, um, right now I'm still trying to put together a better website. It's been something that I've always like neglected. Don't, don't even ask me why I have no (laughs) idea. It should be something that I have all my work on. Um, I guess right now, probably just Instagram until I get my website intact. Um, I I don't know why I've been putting it off. It it really isn't necessary to (laughs) be put off, but yeah, I guess just my Instagram handle, um, until I have a website. And your Instagram handle is at? Oh, it's at L-E-X-I-I. I I think there's two I's. R-U-S-S. I'll put it on the screen. The two I's and then R-U-S-S. Awesome, awesome, Thank you for the shout out. (laughs) Of course. 
<laughs> All right, Lex, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. This has been awesome. Um, I'm so grateful to have you as a friend, but also just have you as like another female filmmaker kind of resource and, and source of inspiration. Um, it's helped me immensely. And I hope that, you know, our friendship has, has done something for your creative journey as well. Oh, you're so kind. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm not kidding. When I saw that you wanted to have me on your podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Like, I really appreciate you reaching out to me. And even your words of wisdom has impacted me just on this show and in general. So thank you for having me on. Of course. Of course. Thanks so much, Lex. All right. As usual, thanks so much for listening and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye.